The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You want the good news, you want the bad news. I don't like either one of those options. Your words are super wise, man. You are a prophet. You deserve a prophet. You do whatever you want. Who am I to tell you what to do? But you're a psychologist. Well, I know less than you do. You're making me a better parent and a better wife, and thank God you're on the radio. What planet are you on? I don't buy any of that stuff. You know, I was looking for a deeper answer. What are you talking about? You make my afternoon really fun. Enjoy you. You're about the most exciting thing I have right now. <laughs> now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I don't like at all when we add that young man at the end of our bumper intros. When he says, you're the most exciting thing I have right now, because typically, right after that, I get... A number of emails saying, I agree with the kid, which hurts, which hurts. And I'm trying to trace the IP addresses of those emails. I suspect they're coming from my children. Nice to have you with me here. Dr. Ray Garendi, the program The Doctor is In. Call-in program. You're the caller. I am the callee. There's an intermediate step. Most of the time, that's Eric Dumont. He picks up the phone. He's so gentle and personable civilized as he takes your call whether it's a question about something in your life something that matters to you or something that doesn't matter to you and you wonder if it should a person you struggle to like or dislike or even love a major question about something in life i just had an email question i'm going to probably tackle it sometime in the future here it says are are some families cursed well without getting into a whole lot of demonic detail on that one. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll address that. But that's an example of a generic question. I don't know if she was referring to her own family or not. I don't quite remember all the details of the email. You can ask questions about something that you don't understand in psychology. In faith, I try to do, I try to do an equal amount of reading, research on both the world of psychology and the world of our faith, our church, apologetics, history, scripture, things that are the ultimate truths, basically, the ultimate truths. Jesus either is who he said he was or he's not. It's the way it is. So, 877-573-7825, 877-57-equal. I'm looking at the numbers. I haven't seen them for several days, but they look thin to me. They look awful thin to me. Those are the reservations to be in the audience at the studios of EWTN in Birmingham for the taping of four Living Right with Dr. Ray programs on a Tuesday, January 16th, 9, 10, 30, 1, and 2, 30. You can come to one, come to two. Come to one, walk out halfway through, but at least you're in EWTN turf. You can go to the bookstore. You can go all around. You can go to the chapel. There's all kinds of wonderful things to take in in the EWTN studios. 
So you get to basically do two things. If the show doesn't work out for you, if you think to yourself, what am I doing? When's he taking a break so I can slip away unnoticed? Still be. You don't have to go to your car. I mean, still go all through the EWTN land there. So if you would like to be on those shows, and we're, we're putting out some advertisements in our Birmingham affiliate and the Quest, the Atlanta affiliate, and anybody that's within driving distance, if you want to take an excursion, Go to EWTN.com, that's easy enough, forward slash Dr. Ray Live, D-R Ray Live. And they list it, very easily done. You just kind of click, click, click. Uh, Hope you bring the kids. We love to have the kids there. Now, one problem is it's during the day. Most of the time when we tape the shows around the country, we do it at night because people work a lot. So if you have the freedom... To come during the day, we need you. Now I don't want to have to go through. If you got twenty people in the audience, I gotta, I gotta tell them just keep moving around, keep moving around. Look like eighty, just keep moving around. And they don't like that. They bump into each other and that kind of stuff. So hope to, hope to see you. I do this every year. It's my opening year monologue, and the more I study this. The more the research convinces me that this is a key component of physical, emotional, mental health. I was 18. They stuck us in a fraternity house at Case Western Reserve. And by the way, the guy who lived next door to me at the exact same time, I didn't know it, was in the Sigma Alpha Epsilon house. That was the cool guys on campus. Flat out. They were the they were the football players and who dated the cheerleaders. I was with Zeta Psi. We were the well, let me put you this way. I had one guy there that was a junior when I started as a freshman, and when I graduated as a senior, he was still a junior. So that was kind of personifying the Zeta house. We weren't exactly the elite on campus. But they stuck freshmen in there because they wanted to fill up these houses. I was being rushed, not only by the Zates, but a group called the Phi Delts, Phi Delta Theta. They were the jocks. So they took me down to lift weights. I never lifted weights, not in high school. Nobody lifted weights when I was in high school. We had one dude that lifted weights, and he was. we thought he was a beast. But now as I look back on it, he was just a beast compared to us. So they put me underneath a bar, and they said, try this. Okay. They said, boy, you got a lot of natural strength there. Well, that was it. I was hooked. Lifted ever since. The only time I ever didn't is when I had some operations on my uh, elbows, and I lifted with one arm. As a matter of fact, my uh, orthopedic surgeon saw me walking into the weight room the, the afternoon of the surgery that I had in the morning, and he saw me. And he just shook his head and kept walking. I did everything with the other other hand. Now, all that said, we were lifting the other day. My wife lifts with me. We looked at this one room. There's several rooms in the Y. There were 18 people in there. Only two did we recognize. The other 16 were absolutely new faces. And that's typically what happens. The first of the year... Got the big rush. It's crowded in there, boy. 
And then by February 15th, it's pretty much thinned out to the way it was. I don't want you to do that. There's a couple things I can offer you that will maybe motivate you to do something about your physical strength. Physical strength is so critical as you get older. It is so key. You fall down, you're not as likely to hurt yourself. You take steps so much easier, you don't have to trudge up steps. Getting out of a low-hanging car, putting one foot on the ground, you don't have to grab the top of the window and hoist yourself up. You got an eight-pound gallon of milk sitting on the seat. You can pick it up. You don't have to drag it across the seat. It's incredibly healthy for you. And now the research is even coming out that it's saying it is as healthy as aerobic conditioning. So all that said, Dr. A, I just don't have the time. A couple of things to consider. One, pretty much the research says... If you can go in twice a week, twice a week, that's all, and maybe for half hour to 45 minutes to an hour, pick eight or ten, get a trainer to help you, eight or ten major body exercises. You don't have to, you don't have to work on, I'm working on my real deltoids today, and then, then next week I'll work on my front deltoids, and then my upper latissimus dorsi, once, once that is where I want it, I'm going to start to work more on the lower lats. No, 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 you don't have to do that. You pick eight or ten overall body exercises you do one set you don't have to do three or four like the old days you know you read the old joe weeder back of the comic book where the guy on the beach lifts and he does three sets of eight to twelve no you don't have to do three sets you do one to exhaustion that's it and you don't have to go to major exhaustion you do have to push a little bit can't be like a lot of the ladies we see coming in there and they put some weight on there and they do 20 of them and it doesn't even look like they're straining anything. That's that's just a waste of time. you got to challenge the muscle a little bit. And research is coming out that says you don't have to go to absolute, complete muscular exhaustion. Stop a rep or two short. Rep, that's, a, that's weightlifting talk for repetition. Stop a repetition or two short. How many reps? Uh, it depends. The, the more important thing is time under tension. In other words, let's say you do eight or you do 15. Each one is okay. It's more your comfort level. As long as you go to the last couple that are, are clearly you're pushing yourself. You're not straining your guts out. You're not risking injury. You're just pushing yourself. And the wonderful things about that kind of determination is that you will be shocked at the gains you will make in two months, twice a week, eight exercises, one set apiece. You will double or triple your strength. The gains initially going from zero exercising to some kind of consistent exercise. You don't have to go in there five days a week. You don't have to go in there an hour and a half each time. You don't have to, well, today's leg day. I'm going to work legs days. Okay, I'm going to work my gastrocnemius today. And then the upper quads. I'll work on the upper quads. No, you don't have to do any of that stuff. 
You're not bodybuilding. You're most likely not powerlifting. I'm too old, Dr. Ray. No, you're not. They have done studies with people in nursing homes and put them on weight routines. And for 12 weeks or 9 weeks, they have doubled their strength and they're in their 80s and perhaps 90s. You will feel better. You will definitely look better. And don't use that as a way to lose weight. You're not going to lose weight. You're going to go in there for an hour and you'll burn a couple 300 calories. That's one big chocolate chip cookie. That's not going to happen. You're not going to do it that way. Well, Dr. Ray, I'm going to walk the treadmill. Well, you can do that, and that's great. And you walk the treadmill for a half an hour, and you burn off 200 calories. That's a small to moderate chocolate chip cookie. So, yeah, it's not a way to necessarily lose weight, but it is a way to shift your weight. And don't be discouraged by, if you've never, ever done this, how weak you actually are. (laughs) You don't realize it until you put your muscles to a quantity. That's how you know. You know, a, a woman will be in there and she'll she'll try to do some some real light overhead presses. And she can't even use one plate on the machine. By the way, use machines because you don't want to use free weights. Because if you don't know what you're doing, uh, just use the machines. A lot easier still getting the resistance training. And she's shocked. It's like, I, I can't even use one plate. That's okay. That's okay. Just use the just use the machine right now. Just use the the arms of the machine going up, and within two weeks you'll put a plate on there, and within two months you'll put two plates, maybe three on there. That's the key. Now people will say to my brother and myself and my friends, "How how long have you lifted?" And well, my brother and myself have lifted for decades, decades. And they said, "How do you do that?" How do you do this? And one of the things that people, because people will say, sometimes I just, I just don't want to come in. I'm tired. I've got other things begging my time. It's just, oh, I'm just stressed. And one of the things we say, just show up. Just show up. Put one foot in front of the other, get in the car, go there. Don't worry about what you feel like. Don't worry about saying, oh, it's just, it's just, I just don't want to be there. Just go. Once you get over the initial inertia of no motion, you'll be okay and you'll walk out and you, you are lifting for the result. Not only the longer-term result of feeling better, looking better, being stronger and healthier, but the result of feeling good once you've done it and you're walking out. That's our standard line. We'll walk out and people go, how you doing? Pretty good now. We're done. That's exactly right. Just show up. And ladies, just one final thing. I've heard so many ladies say this. I don't want to bulk up. You are not going to bulk up. You do not have the hormones to bulk up. You will tone. You will not bulk up. That's not going to happen. First of all, you're not a power lifter. Second of all, women don't bulk up. Yeah, but look at some of those women. Yeah, well, that's all they do. And one could question. One could question, in fact, uh, if they've got a little enhancement chemically. 
All right, I went I went on for a long, long time. When I come back, your calls. 877-573-7825. This is Dr. Ray. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. And now, the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me our EWTN family prayer. Today we pray for the caregivers of the sick. O most holy trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we adore you. You have first loved us, and through your Son you have taught us the excellence of self-giving love. Give to those who are caregivers of a sick parent or child, brother or sister, the assistance of your holy angels. Lessen their burdens and give them great joy in practicing a work of mercy. And since charity is never forgotten by you, reveal to them their heavenly reward. Amen. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God. What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Now, one of the frustrating things about lifting a long time, you do get to a point where your body says, you know, you no matter how hard and how much you lift, you can't go any higher. As a matter of fact, all you can do is slow the slide. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. But here's the key. You want to be strong for your age, really strong for your age, because as you get older, there's less and less people doing what you do. Now, Ray from Kentucky, I don't know if he said this or if this is just uh, Eric offering his off-the-cuff comments, but it says here, Ray, the better-looking one. Yeah, well, probably not the stronger one, Ray, uh, from Kentucky. Hey, Ray, what's up? No, I'm probably not the stronger one, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we'll leave it up to someone else who's better-looking. Anyway... um, I made it, actually from listening to you for some time, made up my mind that uh, I was going to, one of my New Year's resolutions was going to be to start working out and get, uh, I'm not interested in building the body, I'm interested in being able to uh, work without wearing out. Well, when and, you have uh, strength, Ray, you you have to exert less to get the same amount of horsepower. That's a simple exactly. physics equation. Right. Um, well, 
I started out the new year right. Uh, on New Year's Day, I fell and uh, slipped and fell and landed on my shoulder. And preliminary reports say that I'll probably end up having to have surgery on my shoulder. Rotator you'd cuff? Mention, Ray, rotator uh, cuff? It's probably a partial tear of the rotator cuff. They didn't see any other thing wrong, but it, the doc said that it, he would, uh, looking at my shoulder, he was leaning towards possibly a, um, a shoulder replacement, a new okay. shoulder. There's two different kinds. One is the reverse shoulder replacement, which is kind of the standard one. But then there's another one that if, you, if you're eligible for it, if you don't have too much deteriorated bone up there, uh, you can do it and you can pretty much recover most of your strength. The, re- the reverse shoulder one will not allow you to probably exert yourself the way you could have, say, 10 years ago. However, I got a I got a friend who's lived with us all these years, and he had a reverse shoulder about seven months ago, and he's come back and he's still lifting. I mean, he's not lifting what he was, but he's still in there and lifting. Now, your question here is, what about the one arm stuff, right? Right. Okay. Well, first of all, anything below your waist, whether it's leg presses, leg extensions, leg curls, anything like that, you can do no matter what. You can do it with a, your arm in a sling. All right? right? That's one thing. You can probably do sit-ups. You gently watch where your arm is. Now, he's not going to want you to do anything like that at least for probably a month because he's going to say, look, you got to give this thing time to totally lock in. However, once that time is up, any exercise you can do with two arms, you can pretty much do with one arm. You can do a tricep extension of some type with one arm. You can do a curl with one arm. There's all kinds of ways to do curls. You can do a bent over row with one arm. You take the uh, you take you don't have to take the uh, the whole bar and pull. What you do is you put a little handheld, um, uh, what the heck's a little little one one hand little thing, and you just pull with one hand. Matter of fact, a lot of times I will do only one arm, and I'll alternate. So that's a way to do it. Uh, now here's the thing, Ray. You're still plenty young enough. That you're going to you're going to you're going to be shocked at how much strength you'll gain quickly. You know the average guy, say over fifty, would have one heck of a time doing ten push-ups. No question. The average woman can't really do a push-up unless, for some reason, she's a young athlete or something like that. Then she could. But when you get 40, 45, 50, 55, and you haven't done anything like that, and you go down and you try to do a push-up, you're thinking, oh, push-up, come on. Uh, you'll be shocked. But you'll gain that strength so quickly. You'll Here's the thing. Here's what I would advise you to do, Ray. Keep track of what weights you use for what exercises so that you can see quantitatively how fast you're going up. Sometimes you'll go up almost every week. You'll say, you know, I, I came in here three weeks ago. I, I couldn't even touch that weight, but now uh, it's it's pretty routine. That'll keep you going. Just yeah. show up, Ray. Just show up. You don't debate it. You don't say to yourself, I don't feel like going in today. Oh, I got a lot to do. Oh, I'm tired. Uh. You, you start that internal debate and you will lose. 
You do not debate it. You say, I'm going to get in twice a week, somehow, some way. If I can't go Wednesday, I'm going Thursday. I assume you're retired? I've been retired for a long time, but uh, yes, I'm retired. Well, then your time is much, very flexible. It's much more flexible than my body is, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well put. <laughs> well put. All right. Appreciate the advice. You're welcome, my friend. Uh, hey, call me after I you will, have that uh, surgery. Let me know what what they did. Okay. Will do. Thank you, All Ray. Right. And I'm going to be nice to Ray, even though he said he was the better looking one. It's not hard to do. Eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Man failed the first test of freedom. He refused God's plan of love and chose freely to sin and made himself a slave to sin. That first sin gave mankind the gene or inclination to sin, which has given birth to numerous other sins. The Catholic Catechism reminds us that the exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do everything. Man is not totally self-sufficient, and his final goal is not his own self-interest and the enjoyment of earthly goals. When man violates the moral law, he becomes his own prisoner, disrupting neighborly fellowships while rebelling against divine truth. For freedom, Galatians tells us, Christ has set us free. He redeemed us from sin, which held man in bondage. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt, how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that's shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Dr. Ray Garendi, a combination of virile femininity, masculine sensitivity, and physical spirituality. Very nice to see those calls up there. And I want to get to all of you. So I thank you for your patience as you wait. Andrew's calling from Sioux Falls. I believe I was there uh, over the summer, I think, Andrew. It was Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Is that correct? Were you not in the audience? I was in the audience. And, you know... 
you didn't have any books left to sell, so I still need to pick one of those up one of these days. Well, then I'm not really going to talk to you, Andrew, because uh, if you just no, haven't right. bought well, it, then, you know, thanks for the <laughs> Thanks for the call, though. You know. All right, all right. Yeah. You'll be my charity call today. Well, thank you. Um, so, we've got a six-month-old boy. Uh, he's our second kid. We got a two-year-old girl, and uh, the little boy is just not sleeping through the night. Not unless we hold him or we sleep with him, and you know, we kind of got that. We looked at it from another angle here when we were staying over at family's place for the holidays and it's just getting to be kind of a hassle and it's tough because uh with the girl she fell asleep or she'd sleep through the night at eight or two months old and he hasn't gotten there and she naturally did it and i know kids are different but it's it's hard for us to kind of play tough love because small house and yeah, yeah, plus he's a little he's he's a little guy. I mean, at this point, this yeah, is really something where his parents does. It, if you get him to sleep, does he wake up every one hour, every two hours, or no? Once you get him to sleep, he's down for several hours. Uh he's down for anywhere from two to four. But again, it's usually sleeping with us. Um, if he wakes up, gotta, do you feed, does he yeah. have to be fed? Uh, probably not, I wouldn't say has to, but that's typically a resort too, because we don't want to wake up the other kid and we're pretty exhausted, uh, most of the time at this point. So it's just been, you know, putting anything else off and just making it work. Well, in many Catholic circles, it would be heresy if not apostasy, to say, um, make sure he's comfortable, make sure he's fed, and let him fuss for a little while and see if he fusses himself back to sleep. That's heresy, because if he is fussing at all, you need to pick him up and you need to be with him, you need to cuddle him. And I have no, I have no objections to that. That's, that's every parent's decision. The, the reason it would be heresy is because there are those who would say, oh my gosh, that's terrible. You're, you're abandoning that child. He's, he's, he's obviously in need. You're not meeting his needs. Uh, I would say that probably even at six months, there's some kids still not ready to sleep through the night yet. And there's practical ways to handle this. For example, you feed him, you put him down, make sure he's comfortable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure the room is nice temperature. And then maybe you and your wife alternate nights so that somebody gets a full night's sleep uh, when the other has to get up two times or three times. Um, time it a little bit. You don't, you don't have to get up at the first squeak and squawk. See what happens. Um, my little grandson is six months old, and um, they're, they're telling me the same thing. They're basically saying, yeah, he still doesn't sleep through the night yet. Um, and, and some kids don't. Up to up to those first several months, so that isn't a big deal. I think the bigger deal is you guys got to get some sleep, and however you decide to alter the labor between the two of you, and also give him a little time to fuss himself back to sleep. You know, obviously you don't let him sit there and roar for an hour and a half. You can't. You got you got your little daughter, but. Yeah. See what happens. I mean, I, 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 have you been just immediately jumping up at the first squawk? 
Um, we've been trying to to let him get through it a little bit, see if he you know gets himself back to sleep. Um, and does he sometimes? He haven't been giving a lot. Well, um, rarely, if ever. Um, so he he cranks himself it, it up pretty good. Complicates huh? things a bit because he's he's teething. So it's that's always when that happens. Uh, yeah, that yeah, happens. They wake so. up and they're in pain. Yeah, we. Uh, we we had that with one of our children. She was teething, and and my wife and I handled it in a way that uh, it worked out very well for us. But other people would say, "Nah, I wouldn't do that." And we we put her someplace where she could lay down and uh, and fuss for a little while and not wake everybody up. And ultimately, she just learned to go back to sleep. Um, but again, if he's in pain yeah. or he's hungry, you just you just may have one of these kids where you say, "Yeah, yeah," it took it took us eight nine months before he finally slept through. That kind of thing. You just don't get distraught over it. And you don't say, we're doing something wrong because he's not sleeping through. No, you don't gauge him by your daughter. That was a piece of cake when she's sleeping through the night of two months. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody, asked, somebody asked my wife when our ninth one was uh, two, three months old, is Petey sleeping through the night yet? My wife said, I don't know if he is, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> we got to that point with number nine it says okay each kid we left fuss a little bit longer before we went in there <laughs> uh, good luck my friend good luck you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll, this, this too shall pass this too shall pass but uh i wouldn't let it it you know what i've heard from a lot of folks they'll say this that second one was so tough we just aren't going to have any more and i would say oh, don't do that don't do that. No, they're they're too much fun. He's yeah. just the happiest boy in the world when yeah, he's awake. When he's awake, and yeah. Not tired. <laughs> and he wakes up, you hear him going, get in here. I'm awake. Get in here. I need a cigar. <laughs> 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 Thanks for coming, Andrew. Oh, Sue Falls there. Thanks. All righty, sir. Bye. All right. I got, I got a minute and a half. So if I go to a call. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I thank you for your patience. I know you're up there. You will get you will get on the air. Um, very quickly, let's introduce our anonymous female from New England. Her son is in a group home. Uh, hi, Mom. How are you? Hi. Hi, Dr. Ray. <laughs> what kind of group home? Uh, uh, MRDD or uh, mental health? Um, he has autism with developmental delays and aggressions. Okay. You've been there how yes, long? Just... Uh, 10 years. He's 33 Whoa. years old. 10 years. Yo, okay. So his developmental delays probably put him with an IQ uh, below 70? Well, they say he's high risk. You know, he's one of the dangerous ones. Wow. My husband you must, said. You must have had some... Said, my some... husband said a lot of group homes didn't want him, you know. And, you know, he's, he, you know, he has improved, thank God. But it's still there. You know, he just had an aggression during the weekend. He, you know... He, you know, when he was younger, if he didn't get his own way, he'd have an aggression. But he couldn't speak like mumble. He mumbled for many years until the priest prayed over him. He was a healer. And that's when he can talk, my son, but not, you know, a lengthy conversation. Very simple. Hmm. So probably probably significant delays, I would think. You you hold on right there because that hard break there music is going to stop me. Uh, You stay there. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Dr. Ray, 877-57-EQUAL. It's only halfway through the program, so you still got time.
Welcome to Spirit of Stewardship. Jeremy Belsky is your host for real-life stories, encouragement, and ideas to enhance your own gifts of work, wealth, and wisdom in response to God's blessings for you. I'm Jeremy Belsky, and today's topic is Stewardship of the Environment, God's Creation of Nature. When you hear the message, Be a Wise Steward of Your Resources, do you ever consider the role you play in your community environment? It's natural to think of time, talent, and treasure when stewardship is mentioned, but our faith teaches us that all is gift from God. Thus, respect for nature and doing our part to ensure a safe and clean environment is important. Here are just three areas we can pay more attention. A lot of action has been taken in recent years by nonprofits geared towards a cleaner environment. The first area of focus is to eliminate litter. Consider how your actions to pick up after yourself are pleasing to God Be proud to do your part to keep your community and neighborhood clean. Secondly, look at ways to recycle and make the most out of your purchases. Does it matter to you that so much plastic consumes our landfills? Have you given thought as to how you can make a particular purchase last longer? Third, in a country filled with abundance, what's being done to ensure our nature and environment for the next generation? This is more than eating bread crust and cleaning off your plate. The root lies in not wasting what we've been given. There's a great deal of time and effort that goes into caring for our place of residence in addition to our possessions. Keeping up what is ours or giving our used possessions to the less fortunate are a couple of ways to be prudent stewards of our blessings from God. I'm Jeremy Belsky, your host for Spirit of Stewardship. To learn how you can better share your talents and resources, contact your local parish priest. Your level of involvement in the church now positively impacts our faith in the future. Good to have you with me, Dr. Ray Gurendi here, Program Doctors In. Talking to a mom whose uh, son is now... 32, 33, diagnosed autistic and also developmentally delayed. He is in a group home. Uh, He's had some problems with previous group homes because of acting out, but it's sort of tempered, but he had a little incident recently. But mom's question here, and this is something uh, that's confusing to me, so I'm going to need a few details. The home that the young man is living in is not casting his social security checks. Is that right, Mom? Yes. How, wh- My husband's how- waiting for a phone call, and he, you know, he's um, if how- nothing is done. It's been three or four months. He's going to get legal action. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm confused. Obviously, yeah. they're using those social security disability checks to pay for his living there. Correct. Yes. So well, we keep a portion of it, and they have a portion. You know, we we give a hundred to the group home, um, and the rest of it goes, you know, in a portion for us because we have to buy clothes and so forth. You know, and they get a portion, seventy five percent, I believe. Sorry, wait a minute. You said you give a hundred to the group home. You're saying you keep a hundred. You give more to the group home. No, yeah, we give seventy five percent to the group home, okay. and they they get a hundred okay. every month for the group home, and then we get the rest of it. They get seventy five percent of the social security of our son. Uh, okay, so given that, you have no explanation as to why they stopped cashing those checks. No, 
No. Don't those checks automatically four months behind? Excuse don't those me, checks automatically go into their account? Well, they're supposed to cash it, and we have it on the computer that they cashed it, and then not, and it it's accumulating so many thousands. See, it's accumulating, and if it gets too much, my husband said that they can remove it. You know, the Social Security. It's accumulating for three or four months, three months. This is this they're not is, cashing it. This is very perplexing. Um, you might want to get some legal guidance. Yeah, because, that's what my be, husband said. Because yeah. if they say you're not paying the bill, yeah, and well, then they say we we want to get rid of your son, yeah. Oh. I, you say you've called. How far away is this group home? About forty-five minutes from our house. Go there in person. Yeah, we taught told the house manager, he said he'd call his manager, and we called his manager, and he said, um, you know, he'll send an email, but um, every time my husband calls for the guy that's supposed to cash it, you know, on the recording, he never returns the phone call to my husband, you know, the one that does that, supposed to cash it. And they've been, they've been cashing these checks for how long before they stopped? Uh, they stopped three, four months ago. And how how many prior to that? How many years was your son there prior to that? They were cashing it before. For how long? Um, well, they have a new worker, so I I don't know if, when he started, but um, you know, all along, you know. When did your son go into before? When did your son Ooh. go into that group home? Uh, twenty-two years old. Okay, so he's been in that same home for 11 years, and there's been no problem like this. Around, oh, maybe 10 years, because he was in another group home. He was in a private school, and then that didn't work out, and he was in another one. So 10 years, basically. and there's been no problem like this until the last three, four months. Yeah. Right. All right, so you need to find out where that check is going. Yeah. Something has changed. Oh. It may be a worker who's decided, okay, well, I'll just find a way to shunt this money off to the side here. I don't know. You, yeah. You're going to have to explore this. And right. you could, you could call, your, call your area agency on aging. You can do that, yeah. and you can ask their guidance. Yeah. You can say, okay, job and family services. They, can, they may be able to help you, too. You say, look, here's the situation, and yeah. the, the Social Security checks are not being cashed, and so we're yeah. falling, quote-unquote, behind in his yeah. support of living in this group home, which is probably several thousand dollars a month anyway. So yeah. that's something you got to explore, my dear. And you may have to, yeah. you, first of all, get some legal guidance, get some guidance from yeah. the, the involved agencies, and then you may have to go in person and say, right. we we got to find out what's going on here. This, I'm hoping this isn't a, a subtle way to get rid of your son. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. the service coordinator, should he call my husband, too? Well, the problem is they're not calling you back. Yeah, no. So you got to go there. No. Or you got to oh. get get someone, an attorney, Legal. send him a letter. Yeah. Yeah. To find out what's going like on. It. That's what I see. Yeah, and he has a new roommate, and my son attacked him this weekend because he's really confined. There's lack of help. There's one um, staff that's basically, I think, taken a leave of absence. And um, my son had a, um, with the new roommate four or five months ago, had a nasal fracture from him. 
Oh, but boy. my son attacked them this weekend, and, you know, oh, nothing boy. serious happened. Okay. They, yeah. they, you got to watch that because they could say, look, we can't handle your son, so I'll put you in a situation oh. of trying to find another group home. Thank you for the call, my dear. Oh. Good luck with those, Thank with you, those avenues. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, God uh, yeah. Carol from Houston, Guadalupe Radio. Houston, one of the big, big markets in the United States. Hi, Carol. <clears throat> Carol, you there, dear? Gonna have to come oh, to the phone. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, this is this. You know, Carol, you are doing exactly to me what about uh, maybe fifty, sixty, seventy girls did in college, where you know I call them and then they wouldn't come to the phone. You know, this brings back a lot of bad memories. I heard this story before. Not, I, I'm sorry, oh, Carol. This is this is you're saying, Ray, get new material. I heard that one. Absolutely. <laughs> I suggest that. <laughs> You're so funny. Okay, Dr. Ray. I just put a piece to the puzzle of a, of what I think, as I was waiting as well, is what's going on. Okay, as um, I was telling... See that? I am helpful <laughs> even when I'm not even talking to you. You certainly are. There you go. The brains, minds think alike. A great brain, great minds, however that thing goes. Okay, so here's the situation. Um, like I was telling your individual who, uh, the call taker person, um, financially I'm going through uh, crises. So I asked my son and my other one, I, you know, the other one I have no problem with, he helps me. And so I addressed my son. I've been addressing it and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go through this. I'm, I'm getting prepared and I need your help. So he just ignores it. And it's always an argument. So I've been praying. I said, okay, Lord, we're like two bulls in the china cabinet here. You know, Carol, he lives He lives with you? Yes, he does. He he's how old? He's, back in, he's 20. 20. He's back and forth with his father and myself. I've been divorced for 13 years now. So he doesn't he want to help you pay the bills. No, Dr. Ray, and I, I don't understand it. And oh, what, like, what's so hard to understand? He doesn't, he doesn't well, want to give you money. <laughs> absolutely. But here's, here's what I was telling the, the gentleman on, on uh, the call, uh, taking the calls. He, recently I asked him, I said, look, I'm going to need X amount of uh, money for the first, you know, coming up to the first month. This is going to be really hard for the next couple of months. So he makes a statement, uh, well, what are you paying it on? I said, excuse me? I said, you know, so I went down the list, the litany of lists, the, the litany, <clears throat> excuse me. And he said, um, well. Carol, are you I saying think, how do I get my son to help out financially? Yes, but he made this comment. I've been helping you since I was 11. Uh-huh. So it stunned me. I, I had nothing to say to that because that made zero sense to me. I said, okay, this is where we're at. We always argue. I said, I'm just letting you know. I need that help. So I woke up and I thought. So what are you going to do? Okay, I'm going to have to hurry here, dear, because i got another break. i okay. got to get in before. The, well, what are you going to do if he, if he refuses to pay you? That's right. So I know what I want to do. is Which, I'm which is? Tell him, you know what? Get out. Go with your father. Okay. But just. Help me out. Uh, uh, just tell me what your opinion is. What what would you? I mean, what do you think? Well, I can't tell you what to do because there's a lot of details I would know. But I can tell you, you have the right as a parent to tell a 20 year old you can't live here. You have that right. You're allowed. Mm-hmm. 
There's nothing that says you can't. And if you say he's not being cooperative at all and he has other options, that helps you out. He can go live with his dad. You can simply say, well, if you're not going to do this, here's my terms. You're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that's exactly. I mean, he's helped me before, but not as much. It's just on um, his terms whenever he feels like it, I think. But when he made that comment, that goes back to when we got the divorce. His father told him that that money was his, not mm-hmm. mine. Well, he and can believe what I... he wants, Carol. He's He can believe what he wants, and you may not be able to convince him otherwise. But you still mm-hmm. have the right to say, I need help. If you refuse to give me that help, then you're putting me in a position to say you can't live here. Okay. And that's, I don't, yeah. no, I'm not heartless, Dr. Wright. I'm not. Well, I think that's what you're afraid of. You're thinking that wouldn't be a good mom. That wouldn't be a guy. Would my son will never talk to me again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But all that's going to happen, I think, Carol, is you're going to get more and more frustrated. And finally, you guys are going to have a major blow up and he'll storm out or you'll kick him out. Mm-hmm. I don't know, my dear. I saved you okay. maybe some money. God bless you. Thanks for the thanks for the call. This is Dr. Ray. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Reyes. I go to my last caller. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Stacia, is that correct? So it's Stacia. Stacia, got it. Stacia, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I uh, am driving, but I just pulled over, and I was... I'm one of those people, I just kind of flip through my radio and stop where I 
hear something that I want to listen to. And I'm referring to your previous, not the last uh, person who had the question, but the person before that who had the 33-year-old son in a uh, um, uh, group home facility who had issues with aggression, and she might be worried that they might be trying to, um, you know, move him out of that facility because, as you said, they might not be able to handle him. So the reason I'm calling is because I, and I hope that she's still listening, and I hope she has access to uh, mental health care facilities, a psychiatrist or somebody who might be able to diagnose her son because um, we had the same situation with our daughter who is now, uh, she just turned 32, also in a group home, um, also with uh, behavior issues, aggression. Um, for many, many years, they put her on antipsychotic medications, which made her worse, and they wanted to continue doing that until we found a person at University of Michigan, a Dr. Gazadine, who finally diagnosed her with something called catatonia in autism. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, uh, ultimately, she has had a numerous... ECT, electroconvulsive therapy sessions that have changed everybody's lives to the, for the better. Well, let me help you with that. Let me put some and, uh, f- flesh on it. Uh, the catatonic diagnosis indicates either a state of severe depression or what they used to call catatonic schizophrenia, which is, again, almost like an immobile sort of condition and ect electroconvulsive therapy can work it it can work it sometimes is considered a last resort but they're they've they're turning to it a little more than they used to back in the old days it was just kind of a big zap and it threw the body into a a convulsion but now what they do is they they pretty much uh, give the person muscle relaxants and they just watch the finger twitch so they, they see it, and, right. and you're right. Now, the interesting thing is, when you said she was aggressive and acting out, where did that diagnosis of catatonia come from? How, okay, did, they, so, how did he conclude? Uh, now, you've only got about a minute, so you're going to have to hurry. I will, I will tell you. Okay, so we went through a, bu- a, a lot of different doctors, the neurologist who basically, when she attacked me in his office, she, he sent her home and he said, We're, I don't ever want to see her again. Um, but she was diagnosed with tardive dyskinesia. She was freezing. She would get... It would take her a half an hour to get into a car. It would take her uh, 30 minutes. Yes, to walk that, down is that is catatonia. That is catatonia, and ECT able, is particularly effective with that. She was not able to swallow that. her food. She it, was it, not able to swallow her food. Her food was falling out of her mouth. Um, just a lot of different things that nobody knew what was going on, but the aggression was the real kicker. Well, I'm, I'm like, going to have to let you go, man, because i got about five seconds left. But you're right. The catatonia does respond well to ECT, and what, what sounds like it was happening is she was slipping into those states more and more commonly. This is Dr. Ray. Thank you for joining me so very much. I appreciate the call there, Stacia, and walk with God, everyone. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.